Welcome back, sinners. This is the Sin of Our Fathers podcast, joined as always by my oldest brother, Michael Kuhn. I'm here. And my middle brother, Matthew Kuhn. It's hard to muster the energy for this <laughs> one. Just- <laughs> Matthew pod- just literally knocked my entire mic stand off the table. It's the Browns, been, it's the been Browns a day. Are, Browns are falling apart. The studio is falling apart. We are not well. Just about one of the worst showings the Browns have put forth in recent memory. Michael, I think you said that at the end of the game. Um, always someone with some flowery um, and interesting language for the Browns um, is our grandfather, Sean Dorcoon. We wanted to make sure that we got a little bit of um, his reaction to this game. Hope it's entertaining to you. Matthew got a chance to call him at the end of the th- third quarter. Hello. Hey. Surprised you made it this long. <laughs> oh, well, I I always watch the game, but can you imagine Odell Beckman taking a punt and then losing and then fumbling the goddamn thing away? I'm telling you. What else could go wrong? The, 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 uh, the offensive line is out to lunch. The, the, the uh, 49ers defensive line is awesome. The secondary we have is out to lunch. Of course, uh, of course, uh, Ward wasn't playing, but uh, they're they're playing loose, and uh, that uh, and, uh, Mayfield has said it's staying under center in the back. He's running around, running for his life again. I don't know why in the goddamn hell he does that. Now a couple of times they made a couple of yards when he stayed in the pocket, hit Chubb after he was over the line of scrimmage a little bit, which I thought would be the best thing to do, and they haven't done that. I don't know what their problem is. Maybe coaching got to be something. Are the 49ers that good, or are we really that bad? They, I mean, they have. They, I, I don't know. I lost track of how many times uh, uh, Mayfield has gotten sacked already. I lost count on that already. Uh, this is a this is a joke already. I mean, on national TV, the Browns are supposed to be. Super Bowl contenders at the beginning. I I think that didn't didn't, uh, uh, didn't the 49ers play Cincinnati? And they, didn't they play them this year already, or am I mistaken? Yeah, they did. And I don't think Cincinnati got beat this bad, did they? No, it wasn't. It wasn't this bad. <laughs> and Cincinnati's a bad team. <laughs> I don't know what I, I don't know what it is. I mean. Comedy of errors. Everybody has, it's been a complete team effort as far as losing. Everybody, everybody has, has been at fault. I mean, from uh, offense to defense, passing, I mean, it's just been, just been pathetic. I'll tell you, this is, oh, this is just god awful. Uh, I'm telling you, I, uh, I don't know uh, what the, what the problem is. Is it, is it coaching? I mean, these guys can't get up for a game. The, the longest pass was by by by, by Beckman. Yeah. <laughs> I I I I don't know, but I I would doubt I would doubt if if, if uh, uh, Mayfield has 125 yards passing. Yeah, he I don't, he, he doesn't have a lot. Well, okay, Matthew. It's too bad. I thought we have something good to talk about here, but that's not going to be. That's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's too late for that. Well, 
All right, I'll let you go. Okay, man. Thanks Bye. for calling me back. Okay, bye. I, I, I agree with Grandpa. I think Odell Beckman Jr. just needs to play a little bit better. <laughs> he just needs... He just needs to put the team on his back. Beckman plays well. The Browns play well. <laughs> That's the formula. Beckman. Who, I, what, who did he at, call at least Har- he's consistent. He hasn't like called him Beckham a single time. Who did he call? What did he call Harbaugh last week? Um, Hargrove. Hargrove. <laughs> Which. So I figured that one out. Mike Hargrove yeah, used he, to be the manager of the Indians. Yeah, like, that's what it was back in the nineties. Sure. Whatever. Um, I don't know who Beckman is. I mean, either. I've never met a Beckman in my life. I know Gary Bettman is the commissioner. He's of the not NHL. confusing it with someone else. He's just mixing the M and the. Uh, yeah. Is Grandpa dyslexic? I don't know. Could be. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows what's going on with Grandpa? So this game was just about the worst game we've seen in quite some time. Um, obviously, got away from us very early, and we just could not recover. Couldn't do anything on offense. Ended up with three total points and like a hundred. 80-something yards, not good at all. Baker Mayfield, 8 for 22, 100 yards with two interceptions, one of which was completely Antonio Callaway's fault. But ultimately, our offense just couldn't get anything going. Our defense could not stop Kyle freaking Shanahan, his zone blocking scheme, and those San Francisco 49ers backs. Their offensive line just manhandled us throughout this entire game. Well, that's a good summary, I think. I think what, we're like, ready to go home. What, what, I, I'm just wondering, like, what if, if there is anything, what can we take away positive from this? There's nothing that we can take away positive except for the fact that Jamie Gillen boomed a bunch of punts. But it, oh, my gosh. There I, wasn't a single portion of our team that, like, showed up to play, it seemed like, today. And it was one of those games, it started off, it did not go our way early on. We, you know, they busted that huge run to start the game. That killed us, and you know it was seven, but it was seven to zero. It's the beginning of a football game. It can go any direction from that point, and the Browns didn't show up from that point on, and that was the disappointing part. It was like, all right, let's reset, and you didn't see a veteran team like step up to the plate and go and win the game. They like did quite the opposite the whole I, rest of the night. It was disappointing. I don't know. They they did kind of step up to the plate. We drove all the way down the field. We were down 14-3. We're inside in the second quarter. In, inside the 5-yard line, third and goal, draw up a good play, execute until Antonio Callaway just sets set is literally a volleyball set. Like Tosses up, the ball yes, in here. Just up into the air for the defender to take. Um, if if we take that to 14-10, the narrative of this game is completely different. The the energy I mean because the, the they return that ball to the 50 yard line. They return line, it to the 50, they end up scoring a touchdown on that play. Like so there were just things that happened over and over and over again that, that we could not overcome. The fumbles um did did not fall our way in this game. Um which that's pretty random. I think we're underestimating the impact and this isn't necessarily an excuse because every team has to deal with it. Our offense doesn't have many good players right now. What do you uh, mean? With, without Higgins, without Njoku, we're basically rolling out. We've got Baker, we've got Beckham and Landry. And, and Chubb. Chubb. That's more than that, a lot of that's, good players. That is no, a solid our, starting 
like team. But our offensive, offense. our offensive line is consistently line just yes. getting toasted, and so you cannot like if those are the four players you're relying on, but literally you're not getting a contribution from anybody else. That's not enough. No, it's not enough because your offensive line has to be the foundation of your team, and Greg Robinson is a foundation of sand. <laughs> and the, our offensive line consistently got toasted today, over and over and over again. And I also think that not having Greedy and not having Denzel in the secondary has affected our defensive game plan, where we have to play so basic that it hurts us. We, we can't do much. The rest of our secondary is terrible. Our, our safeties aren't good enough to, to be asked to do a ton of stuff, right? We, we need to be able to have solid corner play to let the safeties kind of play a simple defense over the middle, right? Yeah. And ultimately, we had to, once we got down in the game, we had to do something defensively. They just ran the ball down our throats. We could not stop them getting huge chunk plays over and over again, running down the clock. We didn't force a single turnover, and they forced many. Um, They got two fumble recoveries, two interceptions. I mean, you can't win games that way. Michael, what do you think? Michael's dejected, despondent. He has no desire to speak one word at all. I'm so sad. This sucked. This su- I really don't want to say much about this game, to be perfectly honest, because like we got beat in like every single every single facet of the game. And honestly, it should have been worse. They missed multiple field goals. Like we blocked a field goal and they missed two. Like this was a complete beatdown in every facet. And I guess like I just want to forget about it and look ahead to next week. Like I'm going to learn a lot about this Cleveland Browns football team by how they show up against Seattle next week cuz Seattle's a darn good football team too. And then we got New England after that. And if that's what we're looking at, like, we better show up. We got to win one of these next two games. Our bye week can't come soon enough, in, in my opinion, to, to be able to hit the refresh button. We saw, I mean, the San Francisco team was playing well, but they're also coming off the bye. They looked fresh. They looked creative. They looked, like, well-prepared. We that's a like part that scares me. Things. We weren't prepared at all. I don't know that that's necessarily true. Yeah, I, I don't know that that's I, true. I, I think it's, I think a, it's a very similar situation. On the first to effing the play of the game, when they were on offense, they ran it untouched for eighty plus yards. But I yeah, think that was two individual players breaking down and not doing their job. That's like Freddie said, Randall easily could have could have cut that off for a, for a twenty yard gain, and Randall doesn't do what he's supposed to do. Mac doesn't f- keep gap integrity like he's supposed to, and he gets run out of the play and turned around. I'd, I'd, like, one 83-yard run doesn't bother me. It's the, like, consistently getting beat on the runs. But the game script got out of control. That, I think that is what happened. It's the exact same thing that happened in the Titans game where we got behind. In the fourth quarter. In yeah. the fourth quarter where we got behind, and we were like, okay, throw everything we were going to do out the window. And we're just gonna. We got these wide receivers. We're just gonna huck the ball down the field. And yeah. Baker Mayfield doesn't operate well yeah. that way. It wasn't. It's not working. We had interesting, creative plays in that in those first two drives. Like you, we had Beckham drop two balls on that first two drive. The the one was the quick slant, 
early on. I think it was second down. And then um, we got the, the long out route um, on the on the sideline where he was open. And it was – throw was a little bit high, but Beckham's got to catch it. If, if that's not a typical play by those players, we hit that, we're in business, suddenly we don't seem so unprepared. Yeah. Okay, but like after those first couple possessions – we completely fell apart. But like, we, how do you explain well, that? We didn't. We were down twenty-one to three after after that interception at the goal line that gets run back to the fifty, and then we we just get beat. Like, yeah, we we did get beat, but you're down twenty-one to three. Now you're in panic mode because you have to be. I think the real storyline. Okay, but we didn't even go for some of these fourth downs. Like when we had a chance, like at the third quarter, it was near the end of the third quarter. It's fourth and seven or fourth and eight. I don't even know exactly what it was. On our own 30 yard line. It was not on our own 30 yard line. It was like right around the 50. And we didn't go for it. Like we have no chance to win the game. We were down 28 to three at the point in the time. Like you're just mailing the game in at that point. And we absolutely mailed the game in towards the end where we didn't even put Baker out there. We had Garrett Gilbert throw a couple of passes. Well, that was fine. In I, the last... I, I think that the, the real storyline is whenever we were still in the game and we were in first and goal situations twice and we didn't get in the end zone at all. Obviously, the second one we talked about, Honestly? the Antonio, Antonio Callaway, the first one, we have to do, we have to get into the end zone. We can't have these penalties when we're inside the 10-yard line that are setting us back and we're in a... 12 and 13 and goal situations. Um, honestly, I remember sitting here recording podcasts last year talking about how nice it was to be converting red zone opportunities into touchdowns. And our execution in the red zone last year was phenomenal. And it's the biggest reason why we have sucked this year. Like, we have consistently not been able to get into the end zone whenever we've been in the red zone. It's killed us in the Rams game, and it absolutely crushed us in the first half of the game. Well, it's that in third downs. Last year, we were converting third downs like they were hotcakes just over and over and over again. We were one for 11 today. Tonight, one for 11 converting third downs. We got toasted. We got toasted. I mean, I, I seriously don't want to talk about it very much more because it's like we there's nothing we can do. It's unbelievable. Like, I want to see what this team has up its sleeve. Like, are they ready to turn around and, like, show up and play against a good Seattle team? They better. They haven't showed up at home once all year. They got a home game, and they better win it. Yeah, we've got to win one of these next two. They're, Otherwise, they're we're both, seeing 10-5. They're both tough, t- tough games. Uh, the, our schedule down the stretch is favorable, but... You don't want to be at 2-5. 2-5 two and five. Five down the stretch is bad. Three and four is okay, but two and five is a r- almost insurmountable. Almost. Um, all right, so going next forward, home game against the Seahawks. The Seahawks have looked fantastic. Do you think we have a chance after watching what we just saw? I mean, we'll see how much grit that they have, but where where are our strong points? Like, I think we need Higgins back worse than anything. Like, if Higgins is in that game and we play I think Higgins. we need to trade for Trent Brown. Yeah. <laughs> the offensive line's honestly, I think, the biggest issue with their team right now. Like, it's thrown us off rhythm. We can't get into a rhythm on offense, period. We were able to a little bit last week because we established the run pretty pretty well, and we're able to play off of it. 
But that was against a weak defensive front from the Ravens. We played a good front four, and we got completely dominated this week. Dominated. I mean, it wasn't even close. And when you look on the other side of the ball, it's not like the San Francisco 49ers have an elite offensive line. And our defensive line didn't even come close to matching what you saw from San Francisco this week. Yeah, the 49ers don't have an elite offensive line, but with the zone-blocking scheme, like you don't have to have a traditionally elite offensive line to be effective. There, what, what we've seen over and over again is this, we struggle significantly against teams that can win at the line of scrimmage on the defensive front. You know, if you look at the games that we've lost, we've, the Rams have a really good defensive front. The 49ers have a really good defensive front. The Titans have a really good and underrated defensive front. I would say going into the Seattle game, Seattle doesn't have that same dominant defensive front. They've got Clowney. They've got Puna Ford if he's playing. They've, they've got some nice pieces, but it's nowhere near the caliber of the Rams, the 49ers. Not the same front four, the but they have a good front seven. Yeah, with Bobby Wagner and yeah, but it's that, it's that defensive yeah. line that's cr- been crushing us. It's a good point. It's the early penetration. So yeah, I mean, I, I like our matchup against the Seahawks significantly better than than this. And I mean, I'm that's so easy depressed. to say now because we just got I toasted. hate that we just lost this game it's so bad. Oh my goodness! I mean, I feel like we're just this boomer bust team where if we get behind, we're just playing outside of our comfort zone and overextending ourselves to try to make plays and not staying to the game plan. Like that Titans game got away from us fast in the fourth quarter when we started tossing the ball around. This game just got away from us way sooner. There was nothing we can do. In the Ravens game, we got ahead and we were playing comfortably and we put up 40 points. Last week we put up 40 points. This week we put up three. Three points. So if we get toasted next week at home against the Seahawks, and we're, and we're two and four going into our bye week. Hit the panic button. Are there, are there changes that can be made that would make a difference? Like, we think about things that are new. We, we brought in Todd Monken to, to be the offensive coordinator. He's not calling the plays. Um, would getting rid would of you, a guy like would, Todd Monken help? Would giving Todd Monken more responsibility help? Would you like, want I Todd Monken to call the plays? I, I, I don't know. I'm just kind of I mean, wondering, are we going to see changes if we're 2-4? and four I don't know if the play calling is a problem. Like I had no issue with any of the play calling we had. I feel like our game planning was a little bit weak, and play calling in-game wasn't ideal for the first couple weeks. But in the last three or four weeks, I think that... Freddie's kind of gotten into a little bit better of a groove. Can we bring in Jake? We have crappy offensive line personnel. Yeah. It's our offensive line. Sucks balls. I don't blame Campy. Campin. Yeah, James Campy. Campy. That's his nickname. It's the nickname. I, I, like I've, it's our offensive line's performance. Cushy's had an offsides every single game. At least one. False start. False start. That's what I meant. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the changes are. We, we've no, I, to answer your question simply, Seattle. I don't think that there's an answer, and I don't think that a rash decision is going to be better. I, honestly, I, don't love... I am concerned about the mindset of this team in a situation like this game. Like, I was really looking for them to like bite back, and they didn't. 
and that concern. Like, we didn't even put a touchdown on the board. Like, things stacked against us over and over again, and we I, couldn't even, like, muster enough to get, like, a touchdown on the board in, like, garbage time. Like, I really the mental I, preparation from the 49ers completely overwhelmed us throughout this entire game, and we just got beat. I think I would have quit, too. I mean, I think you would have. But you don't want a, te- a team that is capable, like a, but a good you, veteran team doesn't do that. But how do you put a touchdown on the board late when you know when they know you're going to pass and your offensive line is the worst part of your offense? The Patriots do it that happens all the all, time. It happens the all Patriots the time. The Patriots lose big all the time to teams that they shouldn't lose. They get way behind, and then like we've done it to them. We've beaten them by 30. Like Good teams can lose games huge and just get way behind. Things do... like. That first quarter, things could not have gone more poorly. After that 83-yard run and then Baker's interception the very next play, like that's about as bad of a start as you could possibly have. Oh, the whole... The, I, mean, we, I mean, we clawed back and we got into the red zone twice. And if, like Matthew said, if Antonio Callaway actually catches that ball, it's 10 to 14. That, this, when game, that, this game's different if Antonio Callaway lets that ball hit the ground. Yeah. Like... Exactly. And Antonio just doesn't prop it up. We, we're in a different okay, situation. But my point is that even after that point, that point in the game, I agree that things change if that doesn't play out the way it did. But we weren't able to get a stop. They had like a seven-minute drive during the third quarter that completely just chewed up the game we couldn't get off the field. We couldn't stop them many, many times on third and long. Like, we did not look like a team that's worthy of any sort of contention this season. I mean, like, and I don't, I think the 49ers are a solid team, but I don't think they're anything spectacular. I, I just I have know. lots of questions and concerns about I mean, this Mason, Browns team and their mental, like, their mindset going forward and they've got a lot to show me next week we have a a secondary that's toasted that's played every single snap of the last three games because we don't have any depth left there and we're playing against george kittle who is one of the top two tight ends in the league and kyle shanahan who's probably the best play caller in the league like by the way demarius randall can leave if he wants to leave right now that's fine with me there's a lot of things working against us. I'm not going to panic or make judgments about the mental makeup of our team. I think we'll see how it plays out over the full course of the season. No, that's what I'm saying. Like Next week is going to be a huge, huge barometer. I, oh. And I don't know how I feel exactly about Freddie Kitchens winning the coin toss and deciding to take the ball. I think he likes to be aggressive. It's, I don't think it's the right call. I do, going back to my changes, I like Todd Monken in theory. I wonder if his offensive philosophy is not helping us because of how weak our offensive line is. If you're going to run an air raid style offense, you have got to be able to pass protect to a reasonable standard you you don't have to be the best pass protection team in the league but you have to be able to keep your quarterback upright so he can read the field and we just have not been able to do that and I don't think we've been able to see the the full benefits of any Todd Monken influence 
because our offensive line is not good enough to do it. And if we got to work within the, the roster that we have. And so I don't know if it's – I'm not calling for Todd Monken to be fired or anything crazy, but, like, I'm worried about the changes to our offense that we've seen this year and if we're going to be able to get away from that. Think about how bad of a position we would be in if we didn't have Jarvis Landry right now. He's had all of our receiving yards. OBJ had that one game. But if we didn't have Jarvis Landry right now with the injuries that we've had, we would have legitimately no offense besides Nick Chubb and that Ravens game. Damian Ratley needs to catch the ball. Yeah, there was that one. With his hands above his head. Like, for Pete's sake. That's the second one. Two different quarterbacks, two different drops. All right. I'm sick of this podcast. Let's move on. We pick the lines every week, but before we do that, we got a little quid pro quo going on between another podcast, and they want you to listen to theirs. Here's their message to you. Hey, Browns fans and loyal listeners of the Sin of Our Fathers podcast, we wanted to let you know about a great fantasy football podcast, the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. If you're a football fan, you are probably playing fantasy football, so check out this great podcast. NFL Network researcher Matt Okada and sports physical therapist Matthew Burtz, bets, bummer, work together to bring you hard-hitting, accurate, and entertaining fantasy football content. From okay does, insider info, to bets, injury analysis, these guys are here to help you win your league. They talk fantasy football year-round, covering redraft and dynasty, dynasty scoring, scouting rookies, answer keeper questions, projecting the season, decoding the waiver wire, and much, much more. Find them wherever you get your podcasts and online at redshirtsfantasyfootball.com. I feel like that's good enough. We're going to keep it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's move on to the lines. Uh, be sure to check out their podcast, though. Um, it, it is great. If you're looking for some more fantasy info, um, that is your place to do it. Uh, what are the lines for this week, Michael? Well, we got uh, quite a line on the Thursday night game. It's the Giants heading to New England. And New England's Wolf. one of the few undefeated teams still uh, in the league. And the Giants aren't getting a whole lot of love. It's the Patriots favored <laughs> by 17 points, which actually makes this exercise interesting, right? Like, do we think the Patriots are going to win by 17 points? Like, Matthew, you're still in the lead in this whole uh, contest, so I'll give you the first uh, chance to pick this game. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I'm going to take the Pats. <laughs> Pats at home. I mean, they've got the number one defense in the league. They're playing against a rookie quarterback who doesn't have Saquon Barkley. And the Giants' defense is terrible. So, like, Bill Belichick, they're probably just going to run the ball over the Giants' defense. But if they want to pass it, they can pass it to whoever's catching a ball for them. If they run the ball over the Giants' defense, are they getting 17-plus yeah. points? I don't know. I, I just that's, – that's so many points. And they've it's the, they've it's covered the a lot of spread, big spreads already this year. It's, there's set so many points. It's the NFL. I'm going to take the points just because when you're betting, I'm, I'm going to go with the Giants. That's an insane deal. But here's my thing. Saquon Barkley might be back this week. You're assuming on he's a high get... ankle sprain, though. Like, there's a difference between him being okay. back and him being good. Okay, you're betting on him not playing. I'm betting on him playing, and I think 17 points is quite a lot. There's some talent on the New York Giants team. They're not complete trash. They still have Jabril Peppers. 
<laughs> Duh. And Danny Dimes, who's looked like <laughs> trash the last couple weeks. Um, regardless, I'm kind of with Mark, believe it or not, which might be a bad call since he's 3-10 and 10 on the Reagan picking game so far you- this year. <laughs> 3 and 10. I mean, fair, I'm not much worse. I'm 5 and 8. But like 3 and 10 just has a particularly bad bad taste to it. Oh my goodness. But regardless, I'm I'm taking the points too. I'm going to go with the the Giants on this one. Um which takes us to the Sunday night game, Pittsburgh at the Los Angeles Chargers who are favored by 6 and a half points. In LA do you think the Chargers get the standard three points since no one shows up to watch them? <laughs> they shouldn't, to be honest. <laughs> it's a neutral field. There might be more Steelers fans there. I would guess there would be more Steelers fans there. Is that really the home field advantage, or is it that you're not like flying to another city? Oh, man. I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'll pick first. I'm going to go... Um, I'm going to pick the Chargers. I think they're going to win by more than a touchdown. I think that uh, Mason Rudolph isn't going to play in this game. Um, and that's going to be a tough shake for the Steelers to win win that game. The Chargers uh, have been a good team for the past three years, and I think Pittsburgh is just really mostly bad. I'm picking against the Steelers, not really for the for the Chargers. Yeah. Chargers need this game. They're 2-3, they're and three, just coming off a bad loss to the Broncos. Um, that defense is too talented. The offense has too many weapons. Which uh, loss was worse? The Chargers lost to the Broncos or the Browns lost to the 49ers? So not factoring in, like, score, I think it's the Chargers or the Broncos. Obviously, this was a worse beatdown here um, tonight. But I, I think don't know if I felt worse about a Browns loss in my life than I do right now. I think I have. <laughs> I think... <laughs> I think I got to go Chargers here. Um, Pittsburgh starting potentially a third-string quarterback on an offense that is lacking talent already. It's not a good look. All right, Mark, what you got? I already picked it. I missed it. What was it? I picked the Chargers. Oh, I don't want to go with Mark again. Um, so don't. But, man, Mason Rudolph and the Steelers. I don't like either one of but these maybe teams. not even Mason Rudolph. I don't like either one of these teams. Yeah, you think Mason Rudolph's going to play in this game? The Chargers. I'm going with the Chargers. That's it. All right, which brings us to the Browns game. Man, this is hard to even say. The Browns are favored. There's no way this line's going to hold up. No, it's going to swing significantly. But as of right now, Seattle's heading to Cleveland, and the Browns are favored by two. I'll go first. I'm picking the Seahawks. This is such a like one of those emotional decisions. Like right after the Browns get completely beat down and trounced, like it's so hard to rationally think through this at the moment. But Mark, Mark takes the Seahawks. <clears throat> if I'm gonna make up my points, I'm gonna have to pick against the Browns every week, and that might get me back into this competition. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the Browns just because I think that we've got the talent. To, to come back, and we've seen this team come back from from bad, embarrassing losses before. Um, Seahawks are also coming off a really emotional, like physical game against the Rams, um, where they they pulled Man, it they out. They got extra time. I mean, they are coming over to the East Coast. That's not the easiest. It's thing. not nothing. Um, 
So I'm taking the ban or the Browns. The Bengals. Matthew Never picked to a the Bengals. Bengals fan. Would be a wise move, brother. I'm gonna stick with my emotions and go with the Seahawks. <laughs> I'm depressed. <laughs> All right. I don't think we have what it takes. Well, I hope that the Browns win by one. And I gain a game on Matthew. Browns come away with a W. And uh, we're in a much better mood at the next podcast. So sorry to all of our listeners that had to sit in our woes right now. We're recording this game directly after this Monday night. This podcast. This podcast after this Monday night game. And so it's just, it's a real, it's a real bummer. I'm not going to lie. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Sin of Our Fathers. Follow us on Instagram at Sin of Our Fathers. Uh, send us an email at sinofourfathers at gmail.com. And all, as always, Um, subscribe to our podcast rate five stars leave a comment it really means a lot to us and it goes a long way for getting our podcast to other fellow browns fanciers thanks so much everybody and go browns (laughs) 